Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I'm joined by Chris Legg and Bryn Starnes. This is Reconstructed Faith. Welcome back to the Reconstructed Faith Podcast. My name is Colson Lechner, joined as always by my partners in crime, Chris Legg and Bryn Starnes. Bryn is uh, at home, joining us from a a remote location. (laughs) That's right. So if she sounds a little different, she's still here. She's here in spirit, and then she's also here via Zoom. If I just disappear altogether, it's probably because the dogs and the baby are causing a... That's right. A commotion. (laughs) We we just want to present real life here. That's exactly right. Don't you hate when life gets in the way of... yeah. Whatever. Good podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of life and speaking of podcasts there you go. and all hey, that stuff. Nice. We are trying to figure out, um, <laughs> and by trying to figure out, we were trying to see, okay, how best is it for us to um, kind of land the plane when it comes to this politics and deconstruction, reconstruction yeah. um, topic kind of series that we've been going on? Mm-hmm. And so as we were talking... Um, we were trying to figure out, okay, what is the root of this conversation? Why why do we see this as something beneficial, uh, worth our time to spend talking about? And I think one of the biggest things that we came away with uh, from that short conversation right before this um, was basically we have seen and heard about a lot of people that are hurt by families or people in authority underneath right. the heading of politics. And where lines kind of blur between politics and faith or how Mm. you were brought up or whatever. Um, And you can kind of pick different topics underneath that. But we really wanted to see, okay, why are we doing this? So I think it'd be good for us to revisit why we see this as beneficial, this this conversation. And then kind of end with that of like, why is this good? This is good for this reason. Right. And to see like it's a legitimate reason. It's not just a. Well, remember our, whatever. you know, when we go all the way back, mm-hmm. how, how long have we been doing? How long have we been doing? Over you know, a year. Over a year. Uh-huh. So the. Um, like 80 episodes almost. Wow. Okay. So, so when we think in terms of, you know, the, that we were creating a podcast about reconstructing faith and that, that whole principle well, the conversation naturally came up. Why are people deconstructing their faith and what causes people to do that? And and so as we looked at the different topics that seemed to stand out, whether it was, you know, just a basic misunderstanding, what is faith? What is truth? Um, you know, when people say, I, I no longer have confidence in the Bible or I <clears throat> no longer have confidence in, in what I was raised with or I whatever it happens to be. And so we started trying to unpack those, and and one of the ones as we talked about it, and even though it's a little fuzzy, and still I think is because it's like you said, the lines kind of blur. Which you know, it's I was listening to one of the podcasts that we did, maybe the one we released this week, but mm-hmm. which I don't know what week people are listening to this, but it yeah. was um the week of March twentieth. But was I, t- I actually talked about? I'm trying to muddy the waters here, not unmuddy them, because I, I think they. I think the waters are muddy. And so we, to try to treat them as though they're not is, is yeah. disconcerting to people. And it, it leads people when we try to create a black and white answer to a problem that isn't black or white, 
I think that's a cause of deconstruction for people, especially young people, as they go. But it's not only this or that, Dad. It's or it's not only this or that church, or it's not only this or that Sunday school teacher, mm-hmm. or it's there's a bigger conversation here, and um, and politics is one of those places where I think we sometimes try to make these black and white, yeah, hard lines. And I think that that habit is itself sometimes what causes the deconstruction. Yeah, um, I think that's a really great point. Anyway, so and I, that ties that's why in exactly that. what we're seeing. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Anyway, Bryn, yeah, go go for that. it. Please do. Um, and I think we mentioned this in the past, but I think one of the um, difficulties with that is that a lot of the issues that we vote for or stand for in politics, we can trace our stances back to the Bible. And hopefully that is interpreting the way that we um, engage with these things. However, um, and like we talked about at one point, a lot of times um, the way people vote becomes like a religion to them, any, regardless of whether they're not religious. So their stance they hold to um, as a moral and, and, as amoral, not amoral, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> as moral, and they hold to it um, with that with that level of passion, and so it's it's difficult when we engage with all topics that are political, um, like like your, Chris is saying, like they're black and white, and that my stance is um, always the right way, and everyone else is immoral, mm. and that can really have a lot of damage, but, um, like we've talked about in the past when, um, we are equating that with Christianity and my political stance being God's political stance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that can really do a lot of harm. Like you're saying. That's a good point. Chris, I'm curious what you would, uh, how you unpack this with people. Um, but kind of, if you take a step back, we do this in, in churches as well. We don't, uh, to take the cliche, we don't keep the main thing, the main thing. And so when people get really upset about kind of a sideline issue, whether it, I mean, I know we've talked about in the past, uh, the age of the earth, or, right? I mean, right. you could pick it, you know, <laughs> yeah. What, whatever it is, you know, kind of some denominational differences and stuff yep. like that. Part of it too. Um, but, but people, and, and I'm tempted to do this too. And so then I've had to deconstruct this in my life of like, okay, what do I believe about X? that's not foundational to our faith. So when it comes to politics, like, like how do you help people walk through that of like, Hey, what you're, what you believe here is not a foundational thing. Right. And then kind of coming back from that, like, let's bring it back to what the main thing is. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a good, and I agree with you. I think that's, and maybe that's so, you know, listeners can probably tell there's something here that makes perfect sense in my head. Mm-hmm. And every time I try to talk through it, it's not as clear coming out of my mouth as it is inside of my head. Mm-hmm. But but this is the issue. It, the issue comes down to people deconstruct their faith sometimes when they don't need to. And part mm-hmm. of what we want to do is is we want to fill in that <clears throat> is say, OK, is this one of the is, is this an actual deal breaker? Um, mm-hmm. and so is this really a, a, that, listen, if you're on this side of this, that, that is going to undermine faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're on this side of this though, that doesn't have to undermine your faith in Christ. And one version of this is 
is the, you know, the infamous throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And I think what happens is, you know, too often in in some of our Christian homes or in our churches, we're adding a baby to the bathwater that doesn't need to be there. Like that's, and so because (laughs) (laughs) I'm now messing, totally messing that idiom up, but, but it's like, there doesn't need to be a baby in this bathwater at all. We add a baby to the bathwater and then someone throws out the baby with the bathwater and maybe we shouldn't have had a baby in there in the first place, you know? And so to say this, this maybe does, it was really dishwater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're ex- I, don't, I don't know how to, yeah, that it, it's, it's bad, but the, um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the yeah. analogy, but, but is we're adding something. I was trying to clear up the analogy a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Thank, good good Go luck ahead. with that with my analogies. Um, yeah. but it's, we've added something to the page and then we're telling people you have to choose this page or not. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. thing should never have been on that page. Mm. And so then when they feel the need, they don't, you know, especially if if the church doesn't have the sophistication to say, this doesn't belong on the non-negotiables page. Here's the non-negotiables page. Mm-hmm. This doesn't belong on it. But when we don't do that and we put everything on the non-negotiables page, and and that includes things like po- politics... And this doesn't mean you can't be right or wrong about politics. You can be. I mean, I, I have views on politics that I think I'm right about or I wouldn't have them and I can defend them and I will under the right conditions. But some of them have nothing to do with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Some of them are only have an ancillary connection to the Bible. Um, and others are directly biblical, in my opinion, at least. I, I think they clearly are. But but not all of them are. And if I put mm-hmm. them all on that page and then I tell my children or my church or those who I disciple, listen, this is an all or nothing deal. You're either on board with all the things on this page or you're not. And and mm-hmm. I think that's very often, there's a, another podcast we've even referenced on here that I feel like he does that. I'm not, I'm not going to reference the name here. He's a good man, but I think he does that at times. He, re, he, he says, okay, if your view on, you know, on cremation versus burial is the wrong one, then you're not being a good Christian. And like, mm-hmm. no, see, I, I don't think that question goes on the page of quote, good Christian. I think, mm. I think you've put something on a page. that doesn't belong there. And then you're making people either throw out all of it or none of it. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and now as a listener who I think I'm, you know, relatively mature, I can listen to his stuff and go, okay, now I'm, I'm throwing out that one. But I'm still keeping this like I can do that. I can be responsible to do that. And that's what I want people who are deconstructing their faith to be able to do is to look at what their pastor has taught and even look what their parents have taught and say, okay, they want me to link this and that. Mm -hmm. They may not have to be linked. Mm -hmm. And I might can keep Christ and throw out being a Republican or being a Democrat, Mm -hmm. for example. I might can. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you can necessarily. There may be things that you can't do that with. <laughs> that was awesome. Sorry, I just hit myself in the face with my microphone. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry. That was a good moment. Uh, that definitely needs to stay on the podcast. Um, uh, <laughs> if only we had the video footage. <laughs> I know. It Unfortunately, was great. we do. Um, <laughs> um, show notes, linkage there. Um, uh, the uh, This is a... And again, I feel like I'm still struggling with words. Maybe one of you guys could put into words better than that. Mm. But that's that's what I see people doing, and they're deconstructing 
when they don't have to. And I want to speak to both parties. If you're linking something that shouldn't mm-hmm. be linked, stop that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's not right. It doesn't mean it's not worth a conversation. It doesn't mean we don't need to discuss it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to, the, the, an example we've come up with before is things like gun control or something like that. Like, yeah, that's, that's a great topic. I think it's something that should, we should talk about as a nation or, or whatever, or how we handle the border crisis. Like, I think that's a great conversation. And I think there may be biblical principles that can speak into those topics for sure. Mm-hmm. But, but mm-hmm. to say, now, are listen, they foundational if to you're on faith? That's right. If you're on the wrong side of this, then your faith is called into question. I think that's a huge mm-hmm. mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like we've talked about in the past, if you're the one on the receiving end of that, or you're the younger generation or whatever it is hearing that you have to have the discernment, like we've talked about in the past to understand that even though this person is holding you know, whether it's family or, you know, a friend or a grandparent or whatever, even though they're holding to this, um, like it is a, um, core issue, I have to have the discernment to say like, okay, like they love the Lord and you know, they, they still could be wrong about this. Like just because they hold this stance doesn't mean that, um, all of Christianity is like this or somehow because I disagree with that political issue that therefore, um, you know, all of the other things that we see eye to eye on when it comes to faith are, are also thrown out, right. you know, like you have to have the discernment if you're on the receiving end of that. But, um, I have two questions just for Chris as someone who has like adult children now. Yeah. Um, what's like, so I'm thinking through just like family dynamics of this. So the two things that come to my mind are one, um, how do you, how, when you're, um, kind of analyzing the stances that you take and how you communicate those, especially to the younger generation. Like, how do you make sure that you're making the main thing, the main thing? So if you're holding to a political stance and you feel very strongly about it, how do you, how do you make sure that, that you're only, you know, dying on the hills that are actually need to be, need to be dying <laughs> right, on. Right. And then <clears throat> two, if you're, kids who are believers say, Hey, I actually disagree with you on this issue that, that you feel like is core. How do you handle that? Oh yeah. Um, well, I, will, I don't know if those are kind of yeah. off track, but those are two that come to mind. Of I don't think they are. I don't think those are off track because I mean, they might be off the track on directly on politics, but they're not off the track at all for deconstruction and reconstruction. Well, that's what I mean. Like in relation to politics, right. like if you're talking to your adult kids and how do you, you know, those two things I think will, will help when it comes to, okay, well, I feel really strongly about all my political issues. How do I, um, determine which ones are, um, you know, worth, I don't know, worth the making the big deal about. And then how do I engage with others who are believers. So how do you make sure that you're not aiding in someone else's deconstruction, I guess, is kind of the core. Okay, Mm -hmm. there you go. So one of this, one of these is a, the the way you ask that as a, one of them is a big question that I would love to touch on. And that is, um, as a parent, or as a disciple maker, um, as a leader, and the, the, I mean, the first one has to be, have I created a reputation with my children of a person who considers things carefully, who reaches conclusions carefully, and who listens really well. 
And <clears throat> those are huge. I mean, it, it, and we all know that if we, if you, if you have a friend who always voices their opinion immediately, no matter what their level of education, training, how much consideration they've put into it, et cetera. Um, I asked uh, my eldest son, Mark, who will be a guest on our podcast at some point, but um, <laughs> what I, what made it hard to be my kid um, and so I love questions like That's that with a good, my kids. Question. Oh my gosh. gosh. It's been so great over the years to ask these questions of my kids. Um, one, it helps me be a better parent for the other kids, but, um, but also just, it lets me grow as a human. But so Mark's, Mark's, one of Mark's answers was, of course, the whole pastor thing can be challenging at times. Like, oh, you're Chris <laughs> Legg's kid. You're the pastor's yeah. kid or whatever. And, and some of that's just, we're in a small town, we're in a relatively small town. And so, you know, people get this weird kind of royalty thing going in Tyler. Sometimes it's like, oh, you're, you're a Tyler royalty type, like you're an important person in Tyler as if that matters. But the, that is just, it, there's an, an, an unavoidable, it's hard to escape when a lot of people know who your parents are. It's just that simple. Yeah. And so, yeah. so that's one. And so, um, you know, we talked about that. But he said one of the main things was learning early on that that I thought things through before I reached conclusions. And so what that meant was he couldn't just disagree with me if he hadn't thought about it. And so he said, you know, my desire to just kind of knee jerk <laughs> disagree with you, you know, to just go like, whatever, dad, you've not really thought about that. Well, he learned real quickly that probably wasn't true. I probably had <laughs> thought about it and I probably had like I, I didn't have knee jerk reactions. I didn't have well because so and so on the news said it. Therefore, I believe it. He's like you, you worked through each of these, and he said. And then, then so he said. So if I brought something to you that was in disagreement, I knew it couldn't be flippant. I knew I had to, and you were, and you were going to listen and ask hard questions and and engage in the conversation with me. It wasn't. I wasn't going to shut him down, but at the same time, I wasn't going to be impressed if he wasn't impa- wasn't prepared and. And, um, and we had such long, I mean, you know, you discipled, uh, Ellie for a long, maybe you still are, but you discipled Ellie, my daughter for a long time, my eldest daughter. And I mean, you go on a walk with Ellie, you, she's, she's not that, she's not all that talkative until you get alone with her somewhere. And then I go for a walk with her. And I mean, the minute we start walking until the minute we stop, she's going. And, mm-hmm. and I, I will just sit and listen and listen and listen and listen for an hour, hour and a half. And then at the end, if I say, well, I wonder if you've considered this and that, that carries weight because I've been listening and how many parents don't do our disciple makers don't do that. Well, we think our only job is to input knowledge. And so mm-hmm. one, I would tell anyone, you, anyone you want to influence for real, you need to, you need to create the reputation with them, the pattern of consideration and listening. Um, and so mm-hmm. that, to answer the question, that's one. And I always want to have that. I want to be able to listen and I know it throws people off for me as a pastor because mm-hmm. they, you know, I'm apparently a big, scary pastor guy and um, which I have no <laughs> intuition for, but people are like, it's intimidating to meet with you. Like, I, I can't imagine why I'm an idiot, but, <laughs> but the, um, but you don't know that. So I guess that's yeah. the, yeah, we tricked you with my job title or something, but, and so someone will come in and, and they start talking and they come in and I can tell they're prepared for, you know, I'm about to get disagree and, and, you know, an hour later, I'm still kind of listening and asking questions like, this isn't going how I thought it was going to go at all. And like, well, I, I mean, I don't know you well enough yet to throw in input. Like, I still need to get to know you better and I need to know where you're coming from. And I need to, um, yeah, I've got opinions on a lot of the stuff you said. Why would that matter to you? You mm-hmm. don't know if I know you yet. Mm-hmm. So 
And so one, that's huge. And I don't, I don't think that's replaceable. We see it all the time in Jesus's work. He spends hours and hours, days and days with people. And so do the great leaders in the Bible. They, they spend days with people and hours with people. And, and then when they share, they clearly know the people's uh, world around them. I mean, Jesus is always referencing the world around him. This is what all of you know, and I know you well enough to know it. I mean, just telling Peter, mm-hmm. I will make you fishers of a fisher of men. It's like, well, yeah, because you're a fisherman. He, he speaks in their terms. He knows Peter well enough to know, okay, this is a concept you'll get. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I just, mm-hmm. I just love, love that. Well, that's one. Mm-hmm. With the, with a kid or a friend or whatever who again who has a different viewpoint or who is wrestling through a different viewpoint, and I think that's a lot of times that we need to know that if we don't know their background, we need to know is this an authentic wrestling match? Like I've never thought about this before. Is mm-hmm. it? I'm just this is just an opportunity for me to push back against an authority, which again that doesn't automatically mean rebellion. It can just mean I'm pushing back against an authority. I'm just learning how to do that and. It's mm-hmm. a skill development that not everyone has, and we can help them learn to do that safely. Because, you know, when we look at the passages in the Bible, like when, uh, when what Peter and John, when they face the Sanhedrin, I mean, with the example of, of how do you, in fact, I want to look up that um, Sanhedrin. Um, and so when we get over in, so it's in the book of Acts, Acts 4-ish. Um, yeah, they're both Peter and John are before the council and they get, uh, I mean, they kind of get, you know, in big trouble for teaching about Jesus and they're not supposed to do that allegedly. And they're impressed by these uneducated common men because they, to quote from uh, 413, a famous line, um, they recognize that they had been with Jesus, um, which mm-hmm. is a great line. But so, but in verse 19, in, in Acts 4, 19, Peter and John answered them. So again, 18. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Okay, that was the instruction from the religious and political authorities, because that's what the Sanhedrin was. Verse 19, but Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge. In other words, you must judge for yourself. But we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Okay, so we've decided what we're going to do. And think about how many of these are in the Bible, whether it's the three Hebrew men facing Nebuchadnezzar or Daniel facing uh, Darius or Esther facing Artaxerxes. Like this is a common theme or Jesus facing Pharisees and Sanhedrin and eventually Pontius Pilate and and uh, honoring the authority without uh, but but also pushing back. So how do you show deference without agreement? How do you show support without agreement? How do you do that? Well, our kids and disciples need to learn that. And if we don't let them learn that with us, they're going to learn it in a in a hard way somewhere else. And we've talked about mm-hmm. this before, just even creating a culture where asking questions is mm-hmm. not... Um, like taboo. Not that's exactly you know right. What I mean, mm-hmm. right. So like, and where we, your kids can say they disagree with you. I mean, like in a respectful yes. way. Like, there's a level of this yeah. where it's like they're in your home, but yeah. where they can say like, "Hey, help!" You know, I'm wrestling to believe that or mm-hmm. or understand do, or come to the same thought. And you don't take that personally, yes, as a parent, right? And so you're teaching them and training <laughs> them. Okay, you came to me this way with this attitude. Let's first, let's talk about the attitude problem. So there may be an attitude problem. You're being disrespectful. You're being argumentative. You're 
whatever. And, and we're not going to, we're not going to respect your disrespectfulness. Um, we're not going to, we're not, we're not cool with that. But if we can practice and you can learn how to have this conversation and, and each of my children have learned that and are learning that as they're, as they're getting there. And so that, you know, if my, my older kids know that if they need to sit down and have a conversation with me and they disagree with me or they're asking questions or whatever, that I'm a safe source for that. I'm a safe person to ask those questions of. I'm a safe person to disagree with. And they need to know that. Um, but it's amazing. What's amazing is how often parents kind of, one, they, like you said, they take it personally or they panic um, and they feel that they need to shut down disagreement versus let them work those muscles, let them exercise those. Um, it was great. You know, Mark uh, recently talked to me about, uh, and again, this is why I want, one of the reasons I want him on the podcast is to discuss this right here. As a, as a man who's a, he's a philosopher and a man who greatly respects intelligence. And, and he has learned that as a philosopher, there's only so far I can go with him. Um, and we can have these deep philosophical conversations, but they're going to come a point at which I'm no longer tracking with him. He's beyond me <laughs> when it comes to philosophical thinking. And I just, I don't, I won't even know when that moment hits. He will, but I won't when it's like, yeah, I, you, you're not following me and, and I don't even know how to explain it to you. He's, he's got an expertise that I lack and that, that just like a medical person or a counselor or a pastor like would have that. I mean, each of us has those different areas of expertise. And so one, it's okay that that's the case, that, that, that he's, he, he knows more than I do at some of these things. And that's one, I have to be not take that personally. Like, no, you actually do know more than me. But so that created a little crisis in his faith of there are people who are super, super smart, philosoph modern philosophers, um, old time philosophers, ancient philosophers, and they reach different conclusions about God than I've been raised with. Mm. Who, what gives me the right to tell them they're wrong? Mm. How do I tell Jordan Peterson, you're wrong. Being an agnostic is wrong. You should be a Christian. How do I tell... Um, you know, great, the, some of the great minds from the past, you know, the, the David Humes, like I'm, you know, you're, you just reached bad conclusions about this. And he was wrestling through some of that without me and later came to me and said, I've wrestled through this and here's where I've, and, but by the way, the reason we had that conversation is because I brought that up with him was you're, you're about to go start master's program on philosophy and they're, you're, you're going to be surrounded by people who are way smarter, maybe even smarter than you, certainly smarter than your dad. And they're going to have different opinions and they're going to reach different conclusions. How are you going to survive that? How does your faith survive that if it does? And, and he, that's when he unpacked for me, well, I've already, I've already, you know, crossed the river. I've already crossed that point in the swamp. And, and so, but I want my kids, I want those who study with me to know they can bring these to me um, at every mm -hmm. level. Um, it's one of the things I appreciate about Bryn is that, uh, you know, in all the, year, the years of Bryn working here, she's been one who is quick to come like, okay, talk this through with me. You know, she just drops in and where I would say in my office, but I don't have an office in the place where I typically <laughs> sit and work and is like, OK, talk this through with me. And and it's just great. I love that. And, you know, Colson does that, too. I think it's a I love those conversations. And a lot of times I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. Tell me what talk it through with me. Let's see what we what conclusions we can come to. But that is huge. Now, when they come to me with something that is a deal breaker type of question, it is a it's a faith breaker question, then. Here's what's wild. Again, I still need to have the same reputation as someone who listens and someone who is reasoned and reasonable. And so I've got to be able to talk that through with them. And I, I can't be because I can't at that point, any of my weak answers are going to be exposed mm -hmm. and they probably need to be. If I go, well, this and they're like, why? Why? And I'm like, well, because because 
that's what I was taught and I'm in trouble. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I can say, I love saying to them when they bring a hard question, like, well, let's look into that together. Let's find something we mm-hmm. can read together and discuss together and, or let's find someone we could meet with and discuss that with or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm and you not have to, You afraid. have to show the same respect to them that you're asking them to show. Like if yes. you're engaging with things you disagree with in a way that is um, interacting in a way that you've asked them not to interact, like right. that's, you know, a yes. level of hypocrisy. Oh, huge. And yeah. this, this whole conversation is why we wanted to talk about this topic, because I think whether it's an authority figure in the church or in the home or whatever, who has said, in order to live out the same faith I have, you have to vote this way. Yeah. And so one, we would say, well, if you're the one saying that, you need to rethink that. That is not mm-hmm. a healthy way to, mm-hmm. to handle this. Um, and that's hard when you're thinking of that as a parent or like oh as a gosh. child yes. to their parent. Yep. And then mm-hmm. if you're the child to go, okay, just because mom or dad or grandparents or church or religious leaders say, hey, these two things are linked, that doesn't mean God links them necessarily. Mm-hmm. And you need to dive into scripture yeah. and figure that out for yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's our challenge to encourage anyone with deconstruction thoughts is, yep, we're going to be challenging and dealing with those yeah. and want to encourage you. So there you go. That's, that's great. Good. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at southspring.org. Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up. Trust God. Search for answers.